welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show from the Labatt Blue Studio. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light. Bleed blue and white, drink blue and light. And don't forget to try the new Labatt Blue Light Seltzer Variety Pack, available at retailers throughout Pennsylvania. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante, joined by Andrew P. Shea. We'll have Ross Tucker along a little bit later for Tucker's Tape and Ask Ross. Andy, let's start with a review of the news. Um, First off, Combine invites went out, and Penn State represented really well. Eight players, uh, Tariq Castro-Fields, Jaquan Brisker, Ibikini, Lakeda, Brandon Smith, Jahan Dotson, Rashid Walker, and Jordan Stout. Not a bad contingent, is that? No, it's it's eight players, and geez, I think there could be six, maybe even seven of them drafted, Jimmy. That's that's a crazy number, but I I think even three of them could be gone in the first couple, two, three rounds at least. So it's a, in terms of NF, you know, NFL talent and moving guys to the NFL, you know, the last two years, the, the record says that the team struggled, but in terms of, you know, individual guys making themselves into NFL caliber players, eight is a really big number uh, for Penn State, and it's a good number. And the best one on the list, in my mind, is Jesse Lucada, and that guy keeps shooting up, you know, in terms of his draft stock, continues to climb, and I would expect that only to be accelerated at the Combine, and he has created and made himself into a viable NFL pro- draftable prospect. He, he definitely has, Andy, and looking at this list, a couple things come to mind or stick out for me. First off, out of the eight, six of the eight were on the defense. <laughs> well, Shouldn't yeah. come as a surprise there. <laughs> I'm sorry, five of the eight. Five of the eight. There were two on offense and Jordan Stout, the punter. And when you were talking about draftable players, I'm not sure you counted Jordan Stout in your list. I read an article this week. Now, I believe it was Mel Kuyper, so you don't know. That's just his opinion. But he said he could see Jordan Stout going as high as the fourth round. I, I, I think he's I, – I, he, I included him in my draftable number for sure because not only is he a punter, but remember first at Penn State, and Penn State fans know this, he was an outstanding kickoff guy. So – He's multi. He, he's a multi-dimensional kicker, and he can also kick, you know, field goals and extra points in a necessary or needed situation. So, you know, you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And then, you know, in the salary cap era of of the NFL, you know, the less you spend on your your kicking game and get good value from it, the better it is. And he's a really good punter, and He's a darn near automatic as a as a kickoff guy. So there's going to be a lot of teams interested. Mel's right. He if he's around, you know, in the sixth and seventh round, he's not going to make it. But you shouldn't also be surprised if by the time the sixth round kicks off, that he's gone. 
All right, Andy, we see the list. It's a very good list. I'm not surprised by any of these players on the list. Are you surprised about any players not on the list? Who? Um, no, I'm not surprised Ellis Brooks is not on the list, to be honest with you. I am I'm not. So that's the only one that jumps out that declared for the NFL. He didn't play in the bowl game. Um, I'm not surprised. Because he's got to find a niche spot as an NFL player. He's not, I don't think he's combine invitable. So I'm a little surprised that the list is this robust. But in terms of anybody being missing, I don't think anybody is a real surprise. I, th- I thought Ellis Brooks might, might have earned at least an invite to the combine. And we'll see if he's still able to hook up with the team. I thought he played well enough this past season. Uh, to get that invite. We'll see if he ever does make it to the league. Let's get to some of the other news, Andy. Uh, James Franklin that announced uh, three new members to the staff. I don't think he identified the exact positions, and these aren't going to be on-the-field coaches, but just part of the staff. And James Franklin has been talking for many years about more money invested in the staff, getting a larger staff, more robust. And three interesting names. Each one is interesting for a unique reason. First of all, it was Dan Connor. I think if you're a Penn State fan, you know who he is, former linebacker great at Penn State. Next was Gabe Infante, who previously had coached in high school at St. Joe's Prep. If you don't know who St. Joe's Prep is, you should. Big time football program, one of the best in the state, if not the best in the state. They are able, they are out of Philadelphia and actually as a Catholic school, they're able to bring in kids from other school districts. This is a high school football factory. They bring in really good players. He also had some time coaching at Temple. And the final guy is Rick Leister, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. He came from the Miami Hurricane staff, which means he's a Manny Diaz guy. Kind of an yeah. interesting assortment there, Andy. The, the most intriguing one for me is Gabe Infante, you know, at, from St. Joe's Prep, the high school coach. He did have some seat time in college at Temple, but... You just knew over the last couple years that Gabe was destined to go back to college football and be a coach. He has built a machine at at St. Joe's Prep in terms of, you know, the way he assembled talent and in the state of Pennsylvania. He was able to figure out how to put, you know, some of the best players together. And they were sort of all-star teams, but they also played as really good football teams. So in some respects, this is a a talent evaluation, talent acquisition thing, which in layman's terms is recruiting. Gabe's got, you know, the, you know, Southeast Philadelphia, the Philadelphia area, New Jersey, parts of Delaware. He knows the young talent that's coming up and he knows the young talent in that area. He's a really good coach too. I'll be interested to see where James slots him on the staff in terms of his, to use his coaching ability beyond what we already know is his exceptional ability to assemble and recruit players um, together. He's a very interesting one to me, and 
I think he's an underrated football coach. Everyone in the state of Pennsylvania always likes to say, well, Gabe's got the best players. He's always going to win. Well, all-star teams are harder to coach than you think. And I, from watching him the last four or five years, I think he's got a lot more coaching chops than people give him credit for. So from my perspective, and you as Penn State fans, you should be interested in what Gabe's doing coaching because you're probably going to get a little more mileage out of that end than you think. And I do think the most critical part to it is just his background of coaching in Philadelphia means he must have connections throughout the city with other schools, other coaches. And prior to that, and you alluded to New Jersey, and several players come from South Jersey and play at St. Joe's Prep. Plus, he had previously coached in New Jersey. So I think he has plenty of connections. And because of that good hire, Dan Connor, you're hiring. Penn State fans always love to hear former Penn State guys coming back to the staff somehow. And Dan Connor, because he played linebacker, because he played in the NFL, those are all good things. Hopefully he can contribute as part of the coaching staff, but just that name value has to help, does it not? Yeah, Penn State's one of those, like it's one of the five schools in the country where their fan bases and their program and their university, the alumni names are important to them, right? They, they are relevant and they don't forget a lot of great names and they sort of hold them in a little bit of reverence. So to get them on your coaching staff, in other words, for James to evaluate that this guy's good enough to be part of my staff, not just a name, but he's a name that Penn State fans know and he's got some coaching chops. For Penn State, for that's one of those they're one of those unique universities where that is that's important. And you as a Penn State fan, you know that that you know it, you knew his name, you knew it right away and you're like, "All right. I'm glad to be in a coach." It's not the same at a lot of schools around the country when it comes out like, oh yeah, I remember when him when he was a player, he was he was good. It's different at Penn State and that's important. I, I think it's a a good hire from that perspective only. Whether or not Dan could coach, I don't know, but we're gonna find out. But man, was he a heady player high school through college and in the NFL. So he, he had skills, but he played a lot he he got a lot more mileage out of himself because he was such a good football mind. And the last name being Rick Leister from Manny Diaz's old staff at uh, Miami. I just believe that I know nothing about him, but I think the connection that you have Manny Diaz, that you trust enough, I'm sure it was his evaluation that brought this guy in, and it shows the tentacles reaching out by bringing in Manny Diaz. You also can bring in Manny Diaz people. Um, I want to hit one more item while we can here, Andy. And our good friend, the transfer portal, worked <laughs> in Penn State's favor this week. Hunter Norzad, um, he was one of the most highly regarded players in the portal, an offensive lineman uh, at Cornell, played right tackle, expected to move to the inside at Penn State. But... For all the Penn State fans who were saying, hey, how come we're behind on the transfer portal? We're not getting anybody. We really need an offensive lineman. 
well, here you go. There's your O-lineman. They got their O-lineman, and they got another guy they can move inside, but I still think he's going to get a peek at tackle, to be honest with you, because I think tackle along a line that has a lot of needs is still something that if a guy played there, you got to take a look at him there because it's it's the biggest need of uh, along uh, an offensive line that has a bunch of needs. But also, they've gotten two players from the transfer portal, and you know the wide receiver and an offensive lineman both are very highly regarded at their position. So quality over quantity, maybe it looks like is going to be what they go with the transfer portal this year, but anybody along the offensive line, something is better than nothing. That's the way I look at it. And this is a guy who has starting experience, and you never know until the time comes. Everything I've read, though, was not just that he might be better off reaching the next level, the NFL level, by playing on the inside, but that's what he was also looking to do here. But who knows, the, the need at tackle may override the preference to play on the inside. All right, that's it, quarter number one. Ross is going to be in. We're going to talk about him helping out Javen Williams in his recruitment. Stick around for that. This is where the temperatures are unkind. This is where water freezes in the blink of an eye. This is where the wind bites harder than a mid-ice cross-check. This is where the beer is always on ice. This is Labatt Hockey, played the way Mother Nature intended. Labatt Blue is proud to support pond hockey and all the hardy souls that like to play it cool. This is Labatt Hockey. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. 